Hello everyone. My name is Anisha Valli. I'm a 19-year-old kid, second-year dental student, TEDx organizer, and editor-in-chief of GSL Times Student Magazine. I'm sitting down with Gen Zs, millennials, and top LinkedIn content creators to talk about their process, lessons learned, and how to make an impact. Trust me, I'm a very curious kid. I'll be asking many questions to know about their journey. So what are we waiting for? Let's dive into today's episode. Hey Anne, thank you so much for being on the platform called Podcast Unconventional. I'm so excited to know about your story and how did you reach to where you are right now. So my first question for you is, what's your story and how did you get to where you are today? Um, so Tafin, Lao Cai, Vietnam. It's, it's like the last place you find a group of city kids holding a baking lesson. Yet there we were in one of the little village craft tea room shanties, uh, teaching hill tribes here in how to make pudding. Then just as we were about to start, I froze. I just froze. No water came out of the tap. Like when I first learned of a nonprofit organization running a free English center for Tafin student, I had reached out to the center's head, uh, Mr. Tuong, and offered to teach English through cooking with members of my baking club. Um, however, my failed lesson forced me to confront my ignorance. Even my most basic assumption that we would have access to water was wrong. Uh, Mr. Tu explained to me that water shortages have been increasing over the past 10 years in the region. Construction plans for nearby five-star hotels pushed entire villages off the lands and into the mountains. And electricity and water were diverted to service hotels, leaving villagers only firewood and unfiltered river water. And um, the, unjust, the injustice of the situation struck me. I, I felt responsible part of the problem. I remember just how, just a few years before that, my family traveled to a luxury resort nearby for a vacation, swimming in a giant pool that looked out onto the picturesque mountains where hundreds of people had suffered for the leisure of my family and a few others. So I found no way to deny that I was in a system that privileged me at the expense of others. So over the rest of the summer, I joined Mr. Tuong's efforts to build a commercial kitchen incubator where the child was here would receive free vocational culinary classes and um, empower them to start their careers after graduation. And Mr. Tuong worked on logistical matters and I worked in my baking club to hold an international food fair where we also sold goods that people had donated. So, and, and to encourage more donations, we also uh, use online platforms and by summers and raised more than what we needed with the extra funds going toward upgraded facilities and finishing construction in the fall. So basically how I started, it's that when I just witnessed great injustices in my communities, um, I, I, I used to feel overwhelmed and paralyzed and I used to deny my connection to those sufferings or convince myself that these problems is not my business. Um, however, my work has convinced me that uh, we must choose to see and accept our responsibility towards others. And only when we do can change take place. So as my position enabled me to open my eyes wide and observe life from different perspectives, and I chose to use my privilege to fight for those of others. So what inspired you to start the food story? Well, Tafin's vast yields in the face of children growing up among those indestructible segments of my childhood. As I just mentioned, I used to travel to the area once on my holiday and, uh, and, and I had a chance to talk to one of the kids there. Uh, most of the kids in Tafin did not go to school. 
they stay home to sell handicrafts to tourists or beg for money from foreigners. And um, I had a chance to talk to one of a lucky 10-year-old who was um, learning at the only primary school in the village. And she did not tell me her name, but what she told me has haunted me ever since. Um, this is my last year of going to school. Next year, I will have to stay home and get married. Uh, that girl, it's not the only case, however. The rate of child marriage and sexual assault in Tafin is alarming, and the five-year primary education that she received did not do much to secure her a place in the labor force. So, uh, my first encounter with Tafin as a 30-year-old, when we were on holiday, completely transformed my misconception of education. And two years later, I brought the discussion of Tafin education to Regents University London, where I won Blue Sky London Public Speaking Contest. However, words remain words. I was still unable to find a concrete pathway for the kids there. And the idea struck me when I came to Tafin again to deliver free baking classes as part of a short chairmanship in my high school sophomore year. And the realization is that mainstream education provided only theoretical knowledge that was of little use to kids here. In the uncivilized forest of Tafin, children need a kind of schooling that brings about a stable job with a salary enough to make ends meet. Um, so like, with regards to the geographical suitability and living standard here, I came up with a model of social enterprise named Food Story Community Kitchen Incubator. So the aim of this enterprise is to create a novel platform that is um, capable of sustaining both training and working in the food industry. And that is a field that is currently emerging in, in Tafin. And my proposal would include the formation of a legally certified and fully equipped shared kitchen serving as a facility for vocational cooking courses and the starting stone for a career in, in the culinary. So this model of kitchen incubator has been applied in some countries and it struck me as the ultimate sustainable solution to the uh, By constructing a shared kitchen in the form of a social enterprise, both sides can reap benefits. Because in the incubator, children will be entitled to free cooking classes in the shared house kitchen, and kids would come here to learn culinary and afterwards high spaces in, in the incubator to produce market-approved goods. And then the money gained from this will be reinvested into classes and system expansion in the cycle repeats. So that's the whole idea behind Food Story. It's really inspiring what you're doing right now. What problems did you face when you started this organization and training the village children? Well, it was nowhere near a smooth journey. Well, we struggled a lot, most significantly in terms of financial support and communication. So when we ran into financial difficulty, I was faced with a crisis of raising the required funds to kickstart construction. And besides reaching out to organizations and companies to seek for um, sponsorship, uh, we also strove to enlarge our donor base through our own incentives. So my idea to hold a two-day international food fair in Hanoi to raise funds and donations became a reality this summer. Uh, while our efforts to spread our influence utilizing promotional videos and photos uh, taken resulted in a greater and more meaningful audience. So understanding that Vietnamese people are willing to donate through online platforms, yet are skeptical of third-party fundraising websites, we created a friendly and easy-to-use model of charitable giving for donors to transfer their donations directly to uh, eradicate the fears of fraud. And the funds that we managed to raise testified that by incentivizing novel ideas, we could achieve even our loftiest of goals. And also another problem is communication. Tafin, it's hundreds of kilometers from where I reside. 
so we have to leverage communication software, cloud technology, and other like resources to coordinate the project. And um, communication was consolidated in chat rooms or conducted over online calls where project management was organized on apps. So that's how we are, we have been, and we are still trying to address uh, some of our difficulties. So what's your favorite thing about your current job? Well, uh, this is one of the times that I visited Tafin most recently. So one of the kids just slurped up a mouthful of the noodles we prepared and then abruptly halted, exclaiming, um, this is so delicious. And we all sat down to enjoy our delicious creations, laughing and talking. I was really astonished to realize how far we had come. Kids who only greeted me with shy glances when we first met now jumped up in excitement when I arrived as if we were cousins who were reuniting. So as they went around the table and uh, sharing about their lives and their aspirations, I feel really appreciated. And, and Tafin was a small village, but it was the first place that we worked as Food Story. And I really appreciate the reactions of, of the children there, here. Uh, rather than evoking pity, which often creates a sense of distance, we aim to create connection and closeness and hope. And the kids were charity cases. They were a future that we believed in. And they did not the sympathy. They deserve support. So my favorite thing about Fustery is making the kids feel supported. So what's the career highlight you're most proud of? Well, I've always loved baking and cooking ever since I was six. Uh, but I never thought that passion would end up being something that is greater than myself. And one of the greatest uh, challenge that I encountered operating Food Story was the skepticism of local people, ethnic tribal uh, parents, most people in the box, really low literacy level, like they could not read or they did not receive any education at all. Um, and they would prefer marriage over education as a pathway for their children. So we had to come to each house and convince them so that we, we would allow the kids to attend our class. It was a tedious and, and small scale also, but I'm proud that we chose to do that because we want to impact one change at a time. So that's, I will regard it as a, the highlight of my work. So how would your 10 year old self react to what you're doing right now? Well, probably with excitement, a lot of <laughs> excitement. I've always been an outgoing, sometimes too hyperactive kid. So I would feel extremely excited knowing that in the few years, I would not only cook in my home kitchen, but also in a professional bakery kitchen with disabled bakers or in the mountains with any tribal children. The feeling that my passion refers to different dimensions would make my 10 years up really hyped and excited. So what's your definition of success? Um, well, to me, success is a moving target. I grew up in a typical Asian family where since I was small, success has always been associated with um, straight A's and gold medals and trophies. But the idea of such a goal, especially one determined by others, starts contrast to my belief that the definition of success is distinct for each person and aligned with that person's set of values. So as I have said, for me, success is a always a moving target that changed along with my new discoveries and interests. Uh, for, the, for the time being, at the moment, I define success by the amount of impact that I can make on the community. What advice would you give to young generation who want to start or create something unconventional? Um, I think that the most important thing when you challenge the conventional 
it's to feel strongly about what you believe in. Um, only when you nurture your belief to an extent um, will you have the courage and boldness to do so. Um, another advice I would give is that never try to do it alone. The essence of achieving unconventional achievements is always a, a result, a, a collective result. So um, I have always been lucky enough to receive like immense support from my families and friends and colleagues and community. And I believe that collaboration is key. Who do you admire most in the world? Uh, Malala Yousafzai. She is really an inspirational figure to me. She's an amazing woman and admirable activist and she put her beliefs beyond herself. I've always considered Malala not just as a role model but a reminder for myself to stick to my values and what I feel strongly about. If you could go back to any time in history, where would you go? Um, I really want to go back to 18 years ago to meet my grandmother. Um, she passed away when I was three months old, um, so I have no recollection of, at all of her. Um, I've been told a lot about her. Um, she was a nurse and a cook in the military hospital. Um, I think she's an amazing person and she is a part of me. Um, many people told me that like, my style of cooking was very much unlike my grandmother. So I really wish to meet her in real life, even just like for one time. Given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Um, I would love to invite Christine Ha. Um, she is a Vietnamese chef and she is blind. Um, she was the winner of uh, MasterChef US season 3. And she was one of the first person to inspire my cooking passion uh, many years ago. So I really want to cook for her the dinner that I actually learned from her cookbook and what really inspired uh, me to do things uh, for people that I care about. Would you like to be famous in what way? Well, I want to be famous and of course in a good way. No one wants to be notorious. Uh, but I really want to be known for what I purposefully do, uh, what I fight for. So basically, I really want to be uh, recognized by my impact on others, not by like the social image of myself or anything else like that. I want, I want to be recognized for what I do. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? Well, I would wish to have the ability to grant one right to others. Um, this may seem a bit confusing, but I really wish that I can grant one right to others. Uh, education is what I really cared about. I really care about education. So I really want to grant the right of education to every child. Um, we all regard education as a right. I regard education as a right. But to some people, it's a privilege, and I don't want it to be a privilege any longer. So if I could have one quality, I would wish that I could grant that to everyone, uh, a free education, a free and quality education. How do you feel your performance? Uh, with coffee, probably. <laughs> uh, I'm addicted to coffee, so that's my way of feeling myself. I'm just kidding. Uh, besides coffee, I have the support of my family and friends as my motivation. I have the trust of my colleagues and teammates um, as my energy booster. And I have my faith in my ability to impact others. And I use um, my faith in myself as my coping mechanism. Okay. Your house containing everything you own catches fire. After saving your loved ones and pets, you have time to safely make a final dash to save any one item. What would it be and why? 
um, I would say my violin. Um, the violin has been my inner voice and my means of um, self-expression for 10 years. And it was a violin made by a famous Vietnamese instrument cover. And, and, my violin, and, and my instrument was one of his last creations. So I really consider it a part of my soul. Okay. Wow, that's really interesting. <laughs> for what in your life do you feel most grateful? Um, I feel grateful for having a supportive and empathetic family who had accompanied me through all of my undertakings. Um, I've never been pressured with um, any uh, expectations or any uh, wishes that my parents would like me to fulfill. Uh, uh, I, instead, my parents got me the right to received any kind of education that I wish for, as well as any community project I wanted to initiate. So I appreciate the community around me and I appreciate the education opportunities I received and that it's what I feel really lucky about. So where do you see yourself in 10 years? Um, I am starting college this August at the University wow, of Pennsylvania. Um, I honestly don't set a concrete path for myself to follow because if I do, um, I will honestly miss out on a lot of opportunities. But for now, I believe I will remain committed to the causes that I have already fought for. I wish to pursue a career in social entrepreneurship to advance my causes in the most sustainable and innovative manner. So that's my current intention to develop full story and whatever community ventures that might come to my mind and turn those ventures into impactful enterprises. Where do the next three to six months hold for you and Food Story? Um, I hope to professionalize the platform of donation and, and also to strengthen my PR campaigns. I also want to expand the scope uh, of the initiative to impact a greater number of children in the areas surrounding Tafin and to attract um, supporters from corporations and organizations in terms of uh, finance and personnel. And ultimately, I hope to, as soon as possible, um, and as sustainably as possible, create classes in a variety of fields so that children will have the chance to choose a career path that is um, suitable for them. And I want to also expand our initiative to different areas with similar demographics and circumstances. But um, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not expecting that to be a six, three to six month hold. Maybe that would be taking you like a year or more, but I'm really committed to that. You are really inspiring and courageous person. What you're doing is, I don't think anybody else will be having that much courage to do it. And I really hope that all your goals and all your dreams would be fulfilled and they will be successful. So, and um, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to know about your story, to know from where you are, from where you started. I'm really grateful for this chance. Thank you so much. It's, it's really my honor to, to participate in, in this uh, podcast. It's really my, my honor. Thank you so much for this, yes. for giving me the opportunity to do this. <laughs>